You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode number 16. This week's artist, Pearl Jam. Sometimes you are alone, alive, in hiding, deep in the garden of indifference. Go, parting ways with the elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. Just breathe and follow the footsteps past the rats towards the ocean around the bend. On the black porch, you'll find your host, a better man, Rob Heitman, and the original Love Boat Captain, Jacob Newkirk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. That's a record. <laughs> there was 20 song mentions in that one. That's the longest one I've done, and I kind of love it. So, uh, it, Especially with, with the band we're doing today, which is Pearl Jam, yep. that they have short songs, mm-hmm. and they have a song called You. Good, check. That's going to be in there. <laughs> yeah, easy. <laughs> Alone, alive, in hiding, deep, garden, indifference, go, parting waves, elderly woman behind the counter in a small That's town. A small that, that was pretty one. easy. Yeah. Uh, just breathe, <laughs> footsteps, rats, ocean, around the bend, black, porch, a better man, and lovable captain, of course, and sometimes, which is the first word I said. Anyway, welcome to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, where we rank the Dirty Dozen or Top 12 Pearl Jam songs while discussing their music and pounding back a few brews. I'm Rob. Mm, And I'm Jake. Special welcome to our original co-host back. Was it weird to take a week off? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. (laughs) All right. I'd like to thank everyone who's been active on our Facebook page. Although I can't send a shout out to everyone, I'd like to take a quick second to send a special shout out to Alex Hannon, Alec Campbell, Troy Gould, and Elizabeth Von Busch for being active on our Facebook page. Thanks so much. Whoop! Uh, We had some uh, computer problems at our editor's house, so we weren't able to get the video out like we normally do in between. Don't worry, it's coming next week. It's really awesome, and that'll be next Friday, so check that one out. So, Jake, tell me how Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder, Stone Gossard, and all those people infected (laughs) fixed the life of Jacob Newcomb. Yeah, I'm... Again, like many of these start, it was uh, on the radio. I'm sure hearing Jeremy. But um, my, Jeremy? Mom, my Jeremy? mom had this tape. What is Jeremy? <laughs> if you don't know. No, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought that was it. But uh, yeah, my mom <laughs> had this tape also. And so I definitely stole this from her. Um, and I fell in love with the band. Um, yeah, it just became kind of an anthem for that time in life when uh, music was just hot and good and felt good. And that's, yeah. That's so what, was, what was the first album, Ten? Yeah. Actually, I heard Temple of the Dog first. When Temple of the oh, Dog yeah. hit, mm-hmm. uh, which was before even 10 came out, mm-hmm. I, I was a big Chris Grinnell fan. It's the limb. But when I heard him do uh, Hunger Strike, yeah. and then I heard the other voice come in, I'm like, whoa, that's freaking awesome. I think I'd heard a little bit of a live. They had had a tape they put out earlier that my buddy, who's like all on that scene thing, he, he showed me again. It's mm-hmm. much like your mother. It's my mm-hmm. buddy, right? See? Uh, <laughs> but when 10 hit later that year, I was all over it. I played it back and forward. Yeah. I, I have it. I even re-bought it recently on, you know, Super Vinyl or whatever it is mm-hmm. now. But I ate it up. Uh, looking back, it's 10 albums in now. 10 studio albums. And it's just amazing when I went through this process, how many songs they actually have. Yeah. How many good songs they have. And I thought it was going to be, I was going to find a lot of fluff in some of, there was a couple that I was like, yeah, you know, like Lightning Bolt and Backspace where I was like, there's not going to be any good stuff. But there was good stuff there. Because I, I was really good up to like maybe Binaural. And then I was kind of a little bit fuzzy through Riot Act and Pearl Jam and Backspacer and Lightning Bolt on the back end. But when I went through this and we spent two weeks just diving in, there's really good stuff there too. So it'll be interesting to see what we all come up with. Yeah. And uh, today's beer, Jake, tell us about today's beer. This one is called Cano Bliss. Um, it's a hazy IPA from one of my favorites. Uh, I guess they're a microbrewery, Oscar Blues Brewery, and they're in Colorado. But they make a really good stout. It's called Ten Fitty. Um, and it's seasonal. Yeah, so it's seasonal. You can't get it all the time, but they'll come out with some really good ones. <clears throat> oh, so, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, there's supposed to be five hops in this one. So I need to sip it. Super green. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's very hoppy, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a hazy IPA, so you always get that broader flavor palette than you would in a normal IPA, mm-hmm. I always think. And whenever I see a hazy IPA, I know it's going to be flavorful. Yep. So, And this is. Yeah. So I'll let you know as start. we go through and where we go with this. Before we begin, we'll be reviewing the songs and share under 15 seconds of each tune unless there is a specific issue or criticism we need to highlight. So in that case, we may do a second clip. We have made Apple Music and Spotify playlists to just search Official Dirty Dozen on either service to listen to our lists in their entirety. 
We have also created a current episode playlist, which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. This way you can subscribe and always be up to date. For example, our current list as we're recording this is Peter Gabriel up until when you're listening to this and poof, it'll be now Pearl Jam. And two weeks later, it'll be the next band. And two weeks later, the next band. Just subscribe once. This way, all the money for playing tunes will always head back to Pearl Jam. We're sort of abandoning this Miss the Cut thing. We kind of branded it Song of Note. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you have a Song of Note for us today. I do. You might say I'm, I'm cheating or not following the rules with this one, and you kind of already mentioned this song, but it was kind of when the band was called Mookie Blaylock. Oh, nice. And, uh, Eddie just happened to sing on his first ever studio recording, which was the Temple of the Dog Hunger Strike song. So I felt it's worth mentioning only because it's basically Pearl Jam, um, even Pearl Jam now, because Matt Cameron was drumming then right? Um, with Chris Cornell there too, even though he was kind of leading it. So it's it was kind of interesting foreshadowing that that was like, you know, the band. Hunger Strike's an amazing tune, and I talked about it already, and it's yeah, it's fantastic. So let's listen to a little of that and you can totally hear Eddie mix in with uh, Chris Cornell it's pretty good Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That's, that's good. <clears throat> I thought it was cool because, uh, as the legend goes, I think he was he was up there, or I should say, Eddie was up in Seattle, flew up from San Diego to try out for the band from Mookie Blaylock. Well, he, 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 he already pretty much had the gig. <clears throat> yeah, but he was so he was the up the there mom, at the time while whatever. they were sitting uh, in doing the Temple of the Dog. So he was kind of sitting in on those studio things, and then was just listening, and then he jumped in and and did that track with them. So yeah. okay, yeah, no. It's uh, that was yeah. It was kind of weird because he had just got there, and like you're saying, mm-hmm. here he is. Nobody really knows him from anything. They know the tape, the Mama's yeah. Son tape that mm-hmm. he he did. The Pearl Jam, or they they had this uh, tape that they sent out, and it, get, it got to Eddie Vedder, and Eddie Vedder sent it back and renamed it Mama's Son, and did three songs. Yeah, demoed him with lyrics, and they loved it, and they said, "You're hired, and come on up." And then they called themselves Mookie Blaylock. You know why they call you call them Mookie Blaylock? Was because yeah. somehow they went through the demo tapes, and there was a basketball card of Mookie Blaylock in it. So they thought it was divine inspiration. <laughs> so they called himself Mookie Blaylock, and that's why the first album is called Ten, because that's Mookie Blaylock's His number. number. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, okay, let's just go into my uh, song of note. Going to talk about a song off Riot Act. It's called "I Am Mine." The interesting thing about this song is it was written the day after the Roskill uh, Festival, where in 2000 in uh, Denmark, nine of the festival goers who were going to rush the stage at Pearl Jam got crushed mm-hmm. and were killed. Vetter wrote this the day after. The song's about personal safety and the feeling of being secure and free. I love the hooky bit at the beginning, and the chorus is really strong. The verse is amazing, and it, it's definitely my favorite Riot Act song. The melody's great, the guitar's accent in all the right places. Let me play a little of it, because you may not have heard it. It's really fantastic, so let's play a little. that's my song of note uh it was interesting that after they went through that they really almost found it hard to be a band anymore Mm -hmm. to see that they were the cause of these nine people dying in their mind and they actually reached out to the who who had dealt with that before they had 11 people die at their show so uh they kind of bonded a little over that Uh, (laughs) but it's you know it's an awful thing to happen you go to a show and uh, tragedy strikes just because people are so excited about your music and they put and these big festivals, they have hundreds of thousands of people there. Yeah. And there you go. Before we really get into everything, I just wanted to talk just briefly. Do you know the song that was on was the bed under my intro? No, I don't. Yeah, I didn't think so. It's 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 a hidden track. Now, uh, Pearl Jam has several songs that are hidden tracks, and that means they're not listed officially as a song, but they're at the end of a song. You know how you always used to do that at yeah, the end of like playing. the last track on the album. It keeps playing, and uh, Hummus is the name of the track I was playing underneath, and it's under All Those Yesterdays on Yield. It's oh, at the yeah. back end of that. That's so, why I don't know it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's Writer's Block on the final track of Parting Ways on Binaural, on Lost Dogs, at the final track B-Girl, 420-02, 
is when Lane Staley died. So mm-hmm. they did a song for him, and that's actually on there. Oh. Uh, they also have Master Slave on 10, yeah. which is they actually play in the front Intro, end, yeah. and it's also in the back end after release. That's pretty much it. The really cool thing I didn't realize, and well, I did a little bit, but I didn't realize it was every night they changed the set list. Like mm-hmm. you'll see them three nights in a row, and you'll hear different songs all three nights. Do you remember? I think it was like two thousand, two thousand one, when they did um, recorded every live concert and released it on CD. Yeah, like, they did. There was like seventy two live shows you could buy at that time. Well, they realized they had such a market with they let people yeah bootleg everything, uh-huh. and it's kind of like the dead. And they're like, well, since we're kind of losing steam on the studio stuff, mm-hmm. let's just yeah. give them good quality recordings yep. and put them out there. And that's special. If you're at that show, you get your own copy of that, yeah. that experience. You know, you have to be pretty confident in your material and your, your performance that night. Because a lot of times I find when I listen back to a recording of uh, something I saw live, it sounded much better live. Because I heard yeah. the original track in my head. And when I hear it <clears throat> back, I hear some of the flaws. Mm-hmm. And even some of the, the Pearl Jam stuff, you can hear some of the flaws in Eddie's voice. On those tapes. Mm-hmm. I'm good for him for putting mm-hmm. that up. <laughs> so let's get into the nitty gritty, the dirty dozen, if you will. And Jake, why don't you start with number 12? What do we got? So my number 12, I threw it down here only because it's kind of a, a, an outtake. It was from the 10 outtakes and it's Yellow Leadbetter. Okay. It's a good song. And if you'd asked me earlier on, um, like many years ago, I probably would have listed this song much higher. But uh, yeah, I think it's one of the first songs they wrote together. And the recording, I think, is like the second take that they did. But it's, I always thought it's obviously very Steve Ray Vaughan-ish, um, Jimi Hendrix guitar. Well, it's definitely, it's definitely a there. Hendrix beginning. Yeah. yeah, but I think um, McCready admits a lot of times that he rips off Steve Ray Vaughan. But yeah, it, it's, it's, it reminded me of Castles Made of Sand a little bit. Yeah, the beginning intro. Yeah. Lots of it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of his styling always reminds me of, of that. But um, yeah, it's cool. The, the it's hard to understand the lyrics. I don't even know if there are any in yeah, most there, of those parts. Are. But uh, it's it's actually the song is about. Uh, a friend of Vetter's from Chicago, uh, a guy called Tim Ledbetter. Mm-hmm. So, I think I was reading some about yeah, that. Yeah, and, and he pretty much talked to him and uh, how his brother went off to the, the fight in the first yeah. Gulf War and died, and he and he received a yellow letter, yep. which meant he died in died, combat. Yeah. So that's what Yellow Ledbetter is about. And I really didn't know the depth behind it before I just kind of liked the song. And when you listen back and you can kind of feel the emotion of the solo, McCready is just lost in it. And you can feel his passion and his emotion, almost like a vocal. And I guess the blues is open to that. Yeah. We'll be fairly close on this. This is actually on my list as well. Oh, good. So uh, I'll talk about this in a few seconds. But for right now, uh, let's do uh, Jake's number 12. 12. Okay, that's Yellow Lead Better. That's Jake's number 12. Good. Now, I'm going to go a completely other direction to start off. All right. Okay, and this song you probably won't have on yours, but you may. It's off of Yield. My number 12 song, and I really love the video, and I started getting into it. I couldn't stop it. <laughs> and it's just so moving. It's so crazy. Uh, Todd McFarlane draws the comics book Spawn, oh, yeah. so you know what, know what this is going to be. Mm. Uh, it's called Do the Evolution. He did the video for this, and it's fantastic. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. And it's sort of, this isn't about, you know, evolution versus creationism or whatever it is this is all about we're supposed to be so evolved and look at the craziness that's happening and we're not really evolved at all and the technology is kind of creeping in and we're for the people controlling everything we're trying to think they're controlling stuff behind the computer screen mm-hmm. and uh, it's amazing the anger that you hear in eddie's voice as the yeah. song moves around and they have like a little lick that's in the middle of that that really reminds me of billy jean from uh, michael jackson Although it's slightly changed, so it's not exactly that. It's one of these video songs that I see in my head, and I can't stop once I saw it. And it's off a of yield, really good. Do the evolution. If you haven't heard it, you need to check it out. So here is Do the Evolution. Yeah, I remember it being a good rock kind of rock. Just yeah, yeah. And you know me, I love I love that sort of aggressiveness. And that's not to say I'm mm-hmm. not going to put any of the softer side on here, but it's yeah, I had to put this on it, there. It's angsty. Eddie's always angsty. Yes. <laughs> Oh, 
there. That's do the evolution. Evolution, baby. And there we go. That's my number 12. And my number 11 is Jake's number 12. Yellow love better. Oh, nice. So it's really, really close. close. We were very close to hitting that. You know, pretty much talked about most of it. Eddie's performance is really emotional. The vocal melody is great and the vocal line is great. So let's just hear another couple seconds of Yellow Love Better. I'll be really quick because we just heard it. Okay, that's my number 11, Yellow Leadbreader. 11 and 12. 11 and 10. Sorry. 11 and 10. <clears throat> my 11 is one off of Versus. Um, it's Rats, which made it on, oh, on and off God. of mine for a couple times. But I just remembered when, when this song was out, it just I loved it so much. I think it really showcases Jeff Ament's bass playing and, and his writing, which he's kind of like the unspoken hero in the band, I think. I don't even think he's unspoken. It's The bass is so prominent in their stuff. It is, but I think to just average listeners who don't realize like the, he's not the guy in the front doing a solo or doing like the, the vocals, you know, it's that kind of thing. But... I really love the sound of the drums. I love all Dave Abruzzisi's drums anyway. He's my favorite drummer who was ever in Pearl Jam. So his style, his feel was always good. And I think this song in particular just kind of shows that kind of snap that, that he brought to the band. Yeah, that's cool. They, this song was actually about uh, this movie called Ben in 1972, believe it or not. The movie Ben is about a colony of rats taking over the human world. And Ben is the lead rat. And then that's pretty much what it is it's like rats are no much but no more better than humans but yeah that's, that's what, what i thought it was more of just like comparing rats to humans and yeah because so. eddie vedder is such a pessimist he is a little bit that's okay Hey, that's Rats. That's Jake's number 11. Mm-hmm. Good tune. Yeah, it's a good tune. Uh, number 10 is a classic one off of single soundtrack. Oh, okay. Uh, probably know what it is. There was, I think, two of the songs well, on two, there. Well, there's two, so it could really be good. one of two. I yeah, know. but it's more the more obvious state of love and trust. Sure. Again, there's, I think, two versions of it, but the Dave Abruzzisi, I don't know. Someone can correct me if I'm saying his last name wrong. I never figured it yeah, out. Yeah, please but, do that. <laughs> yeah, this version on the soundtrack was much better than I think the the 10 outtakes with uh, Dave Cruzen on drums. Kind of that same era when 10 came out and the, just the sound they had and it's just uh, another example of how great that that makeup was. Absolutely. Singles by itself was such a cornerstone movie to signify the whole yeah. Seattle movement. Mm-hmm. Pearl Jam was actually in it. They were in it, yeah. They were the Matt Dillon's band's what, Citizen, Citizen Dick. Citizen Dick, yeah. yeah. You know Eddie Vedder was bound for stardom when he said, you got to move your truck, man. That was <laughs> it. it. In that moment. No training. No training whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay, that's State of Love and Trust. Jake's way too uh, low on his list. <laughs> number 10. Song. Number 10 on the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> well, it's not an official. Hey, the hazy is working. Oh, yeah, it's coming up on you. <laughs> that wasn't me. You don't blame me on that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Of course it was me. Let's go to my number 10. Wow, we're moving. We're cruising. We're just moving right along with no stop. Okay, I'm I think sorry. so. I'm kind of losing my mind. This is off of Verses for me. Mm-hmm. And this is another song that I didn't know it was about. This specific song, the label rep came to Eddie and he's like, we really need to turn up the, your vocals because I'm kind of losing what you're saying. And I really want, you know, the listeners want to hear every word you're saying. <laughs> so Eddie told them what it was about. He said, never mind. And he said, never mind. Keep it where it is. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a true story. At least that's what that's, that's the way yeah, uh, My understanding it. as well. <laughs> uh, the name of the song is Animal on, on Verses. This is one of those songs that... <laughs> You don't want to know what it's about, and it kind of ruined a little bit of it for me. Uh, being it's about gang rape, mm-hmm. uh, generally, if you look at the words, you know, uh, I said one, two, three, four, five against one, five, five, five against one, right? Torture from you to me, yeah, abducted from the street. Why would you want to hurt me? Oh, I'm so frightened of your pain. 
I'd rather be with an animal. It could be some poeticness, and I know Stone Gossard and a couple of the other guys never saw it as that. They saw it as, oh, it was them versus the music industry, and that's yeah, that's the other one, I right? Too, but yeah. Eddie Vedder, when he wrote it, was that's what it was about. And that's what's I think great about a lot of his stuff is you can you can take that like extreme, but you can also find somewhere else where it applies to. And I think he also does that intentionally. But sure, sure. But you know, it's like oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, you never really realize it because of Eddie's kind of. Yeah, it's sung so nice and everything. You don't hear this this darkness that's coming out of like. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's other songs too that you could point out of this weird, like, whoa, why'd you have to take it there? Like <laughs> the ancestral like, part. Uh, like, yeah. There's uh, yeah, just yeah. a bunch of, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a disturbed dude. Yeah. The riff in the beginning's great. Verse is good. Love the guitar hits as they build in the vocal lines in the, in the verse. I like the juxtaposition of like a clean guitar playing a funk style in the chorus. And it may actually be drawing like some echoes of like a porn music. I, I kind of saw the funkness allude to the topic it was about, you know. But anyway, let's hear a little bit of Animal off of Versus. Uh, really good song. And just don't pay attention to words, okay? Okay, that's my number 10. I've always loved his growl and vocal delivery on this this song too, in particular. Yeah, it's when he's angry and powerful. Yeah. it's it's a powerful vocal. It's emotive. Uh, yeah. delivery. Yeah, and it's not screaming so much because he sings it, but it's you feel the emotion, you feel the power behind it when he's doing it. Mm-hmm. It's not just somebody trying to be screamy and loud. It's just really somebody whose true emotion is coming through the song, and it, the song pissed him off, and that's probably <laughs> yeah. why he writes about things that piss him off. Right. And he gets it's that emotion, yeah. So yeah. it's mostly about his family, but uh, not in this case. <laughs> My number nine is off Vitology. It's Corduroy. Okay. Love the little groove before the song starts, but the hook comes in. It just starts going. The vocal melody is great, especially in the chorus. Uh, can't buy what I want because it's free. The whole story is about Eddie Vedder seeing a corduroy jacket that he used to wear being sold for like hundreds of dollars yeah, someplace. and his was like 12 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> that he picked up at like Goodwill or wherever. And he just got so pissed off at it. So he wrote the song about Corduroy. And it's about his Corduroy jacket that people were spending a ridiculous amount of money to try and be him, but they couldn't be him, that sort of thing. So here's Corduroy. Okay, that's Corduroy, my number nine. And it's still playing in my head. Hold on. Okay, there we go. <laughs> you can probably even hear that through my headphones. It's freaking loud in my headphones. Let me just tell you that. All right. So that's my number nine, Corduroy. So Jake, what is your number nine? My number nine is also off of Verses. This one might be a little uh, emo of me to say, but it's always been a really special song. And it's Indifference. Oh, I okay. I really love it. Uh, it's super moody with heavy feels. But um, I just remember, I probably shouldn't even admit this to you and make fun of me about it but uh, don't worry, i would I, I would play this i would rewind this tape and then play the song over and over like in the dark at night <laughs> really it was yeah it was just one of those cool cool tunes i really vibed with um was it like the the, the organ bed in the beginning that kind of gets it you probably is a lot yeah like the organ suspense. yeah and but the vocals uh, were also sort of haunting it was sort of like was like a Vincent Price. <laughs> i wouldn't say that but well yeah no i know yeah it was just that, but. very uh it's just a good moody tune yeah, no, I like it. There were some weird lyrics in there. It's like, uh, I'll swallow the poison until I grow immune. Till, yeah, yeah. I'll hold the candle till it burns up my arm and stare yeah, the weird, sun yeah. down till my eyes go blind. Yeah, some <laughs> interesting lyrics. I love like they have a descending guitar line after verse one. It's just, it's killer. Maybe we'll get that a little on here. So let's just listen to Indifference. So I will be I'm Jake under the covers. That's indifference. Yeah, it's cool. It's almost like you can feel the room, like the recording of it. You know, it just kind of takes you there. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good tune. Uh, the Versus is a good album. 
I, I love the first three albums, and then I love mm-hmm. Yield. Yield is another good album. I kind of skip the next one, but uh, I love the first two and like the third. <laughs> yeah, No Code I can kind of take or miss, but Yield is a really good album. I just I, there's so much on there I like. All right, I'm gonna go with my number eight, and I'm gonna go as we were talking about how good Versus is. I'm gonna pick one off of Versus, and it's probably not one you're thinking of. This came from an argument that Eddie Vedder had with David Bruzy, who brought a I gun this song. <laughs> and brought it to rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Bruzy grew up in Texas where this isn't that mm-hmm. big of a deal. And they had this big argument on why somebody would buy a gun. It's Glorified G is mm-hmm. the name of the song. Yeah, this is the one that almost bounced on and off. And it was this and Rats kind of like we're neck and neck. Yeah. It is such a good tune. I just love <clears> that the drum fill into the song and the riff and the energy. And I, I just kept listening to the song over and over and over. I'm like, I have to have this on there. I have to have this on there. Yeah. And I could not have it on there at the end of the day. I think this is one of the seeds for the reason he was fired down the road. Yeah, not necessarily I heard there this was, specific one. Right. But. I heard there was some politics, not just banned, but I think it probably carried over into actual literal politics as well. But Well, I think Dave, Dave when he left, he said, I didn't agree with what was going on. Mm-hmm. I didn't agree with the Ticketmaster stuff at all. But I don't mm-hmm. blame anybody or harbor any feelings. Mm-hmm. I'd be lying and say if I wasn't furious and hurt for a long time, though. And one of the weird things is I was watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, and he was not he part. He was not, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's burned by that, too. Yeah, they did mention him from stage, and they were nice. But, yeah, but, but he even, I mean, he has writing credits, too. There's some songs that are all him yeah. as well, so it, it kind of sucks. But yeah, this this song is a great one, I agree, too. And I heard that same story, how he had bought a couple guns and it got around to uh the other guys that he did it and they were kind of reaming him about it and eddie was like writing down the conversation as it was happening and it turned into lyrics but but i mean political content aside it was um it's kind of it's a cool like country and funky mashup somehow and it's a little disjointed but it carries on good and it feels good yeah no it's a fantastic song so let's just hear a little bit of glorified g I love they do the two guitars right there. They're playing two different things. Yeah. Okay, that's my number eight. Glorified G off of Versus. Uh, Great tune. Ridiculously catchy, and I just love it. All right, uh, my next one is off of Versus again. I'm sticking on Versus here, and this is a softer side of me. I'm getting on my my wife's... (laughs) Pearl Jam list, I guess. Daughter off of Versus. Mm. Uh, it's just a really good tune. The hi-hat count-in. Yeah, the, And the acoustic guitar foreshadowing the vocal line I really like a lot on this. It was written from the perspective of a girl with dyslexia, and her mother didn't understand the condition. Uh, Eddie said, the song ends with this sort of idea of the shades going down so neighbors can't see what happens next. What hurts is the stuff. He says a different word instead of stuff. <laughs> like, that is what's defining people's lives. They just have to live with the abuse for the rest of their lives. Good creative people are just being effing destroyed. Okay, you know, chorus, bridge, and solo or picks up as the song goes on. It was originally "Brother" the name of the song. Yeah, and they changed it. I love the breakdown, like three minutes in, but uh, I'm just gonna start from the beginning and get you, let you guys have a feel for it. So here's the here's the order. That's uh, daughter, my number seven. So, Jake, what do you have at number seven? Uh, I didn't do my number eight. Oh, you didn't do number eight. So I'll do eight okay. and then seven. You do eight, seven, That's and six. That's why I carry this pencil around. Oh, okay. <laughs> I In between there, I said, are you going or am I going? And he pointed at me, so I went. No, and... I thought you said, is this my song or your pick? <laughs> no, When no, you did no. Glorified G. Oh, no, no. Of course I know who we'll that. <laughs> Come on. Well, we could have both had it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> no, it's okay. Wait, let's just do something. I don't read lips. That's what she said. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Down for that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's just keep going. Okay. And Jake is going to do eight, seven, and six. Let's shoot. All right. <clears throat> Number eight, off of Verses. And this is the longest title ever. It's right. Elderly Woman, blah, 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 blah. Behind the counter <laughs> in a small town. I mean, this is just a sing-along classic. Sure. It's, uh, you'll sing like a fool in the shower when you have this in your head, and uh, it's just a good, good song. 
it's so funny. Eddie was talking about how he was so fed up with these one word titles. So yeah. he did the longest title ever. Songs about a woman stuck in a small town. Wow. Imagine stuck that. or by choice. Who knows? That's yeah. the, the whole dichotomy. And she catches, supposedly catches a glimpse of an old boyfriend working in a diner and can't remember his name and scared to talk to him. The whole song is very story-like. So let's take a listen to Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town. Jake's number eight. That's elderly woman behind the mm. counter in a small town. One of the easiest songs to say. Jake's number eight. <laughs> so let's rock it up to number seven. My number seven is off of the 10 album. I don't know. You might have this one. I don't know. This will be interesting we'll find to find out. out. This is Oceans. Okay. This one is another one that's kind of like maybe little emo tunes, but it feels good. It's a kind of a short song. Wish it was longer. But yeah, it's important. It's cool. It's got some texture there and really different from the album because there's only the timpani drums on it. It's not like actual uh, a drum kit playing on there. I think there was, you can go on YouTube and find a recording of the demos when it had the actual drums in it and it's it sounds very um, abrasive and once you, you know this version of it, that's the only version that really should ever happen. Yeah. The song was about Vetter's wife, Beth, right? Oh, they married? Yeah, from 94 to 2000. Mm-hmm. Eddie got locked out of the studio when he wrote this. He was going out to feed a parking meter, and he came back, and he couldn't get back in. So he had a, a pen and paper with him, and he could all he could he says all I could hear was the bass, bass. coming through the wall. Yeah. So I wrote the song to the bass. It's interesting. At thirty seconds, you can hear there's a couple of interesting things that are noted on the the track itself uh, of instruments played. There is a fire extinguisher played with a drumstick oh, yeah. and a pepper millet shaken. That's about 30 seconds in. Mm. I love the harmonies, the ooh, ooh, ah. Yeah, I love those, the high falsetto vocals. And the fretless bass sounds really sweet on this. Yeah, the bass is amazing in here. So let's listen to Oceans a little bit. Okay, that's Jake's number seven, Oceans. It's amazing how good songs sound without drums. I was waiting for that. (laughs) A timpani is still a drum. Yes, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm just having fun. Definitely love drummers. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) You're number six. You're going three in a row because I screwed up. I wasn't prepared. This is another one off of Versus. Okay. It might be the last one off Versus. I I don't know. The opening track. Uh, oh, you went with that one. Go. Frantic Energy just kicks off this album. That's so many times I'll air drum to this tune when it comes on. But it was making a statement, I think, especially because it's that raw, more aggressive song follow-up to the more commercial 10. But yeah, and I think this is one that Dave Abrazesi also actually wrote. Oh, um, really? He has credits on it, yeah. Okay. But yeah, just that chorus, it's just such a good tune. Hold on, let's answer this call from Mexico that <laughs> I just got on my phone. <laughs> Hello? No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to answer that. It literally was from Mexico. So it was. I'm getting spam calls from Mexico right now. Go figure. Maybe it was a caller calling into the show yeah, from Mexico. Yeah, they're calling in make a request. I know, well, we have, it's funny, we have a lot of, I think we've had over 70 downloads from another country. Oh, any Mexicans? Uh, there's probably a couple. All right. So maybe that's the dude. Yeah, but I seriously doubt it. You got your number. You got my number somehow. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, Eddie Eddie always said this song was about his truck. Some people also. No, I heard that wasn't. Some people, I know, (laughs) because some people interpreted as child abuse, and Mm. there's some other stuff to it. Yeah. But really, yeah, the the drums just kind of take off and carry this tune. Yeah, no, it's a great tune. So good yeah that's good that bass is growling too oh it is i, I mean that, that song is, it's a moving tune and it's definitely one of their top 20 songs <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah and number six <laughs> number six if you want to go that way that's number six it's good uh <laughs> no my number six is uh off of 10 and this is probably one of their most identifiable songs the one real video shoot they did which was jeremy 
Uh, I love the bass riff and the guitar harmonics are just instantly recognizable in the song. The storytelling smooth, you know, Jer Jeremy spoke in class today, we all know that line. Chorus is great. I remember watching this video and trying to capture it on VHS and, just, yeah. and playing the heck out of it over and over and over. It was about Jeremy Wade Dell, a 15-year-old uh, Texas high school student who committed suicide in front of his classmates in an English class in 1991. But Vetter, it's kind of interesting, he had a guy in his class, and mm -hmm. remember when he says he gets hit in the mouth? and you know, yeah. This actually happened. There's a guy in his class who went nuts similarly. He got in a fight with him once, and then later on, he freaked out and brought a gun to school, and he shot the fish tank. He didn't yeah. shoot himself, but... Yeah, uh, no, I read that, too. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the video, too, and it's, I remember always thinking back... I mean, they don't play this video anymore, obviously, and for... Well, they don't play music anymore, but if they would, they wouldn't play this one either. But I remember just seeing Eddie's eyes roll back in his head in that one part where he just like it, yeah. it just shows he's kind of like you know a little unstable, a little out there and crazy. But it it was it was cool. Yeah, I, you think this song today? It's it's an emotion that a lot of people probably have, and it's the exasperation to that's the way that that child had to handle it, and mm -hmm. we have a lot of that here and there, and. Uh, what's going on in in the greater you know United States? Yeah. It's just interesting that they don't want to that you couldn't play this now because people don't want to talk about stuff that's even close to right. controversial. Rather ignore, pretend. Yeah, let's not let's not bring anything to light yeah. uh, like that. So anyway, let's hear a little bit of Jeremy. That's my number six, Jeremy. Which uh, which version did you just play? Was that on the Redux with the Brennan O'Brien one, yeah, or was yeah. that there? I noticed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whenever I hear that version or anything from that album, I'm like, this is cool, but it it sounds off to me because I'm so familiar with the first yeah the first issue version of, of it. it yeah, yeah, that I'm like, oh, I noticed the link. Well, I think they did have Brendan O'Brien get a shot of it because he does pretty much all their albums yeah. anyway. And I like it. It's just yeah. the problem is I'm so comfortable and used to the, the, the first version right. of it. Yeah, so yeah. now this is like jarring when I hear those little off things. No, I got you. Yeah. That's, that's good ears. I'm impressed. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I did my homework. Very really. impressive young Skywalker. <laughs> we'll be watching you in the future. All right. Uh, my number five is off of Vitology. Better Man. Eddie Vedder wrote this song actually before joining Pearl Jam. Mm -hmm. It's about a woman who settles for a guy because she just doesn't think she can do any better. The verse is solid. Love the build into the chorus. Chorus is just absolutely amazing. Though it's kind of almost a pop groove that they have going on in there. And the bridge is also awesome. So let's go. It's kind of interesting at like 326, and I'm not going to go to this part, but there's a little island feel from the guitar line. It's kind of cool. But anyway, let's hear uh, a little bit of Better Man. Oh, by the way, I love, before we even get into this, I love watching, the. I watch a ton of concerts. YouTube is wonderful. Go watch concerts mm -hmm. from Pearl Jam. And hearing the audience sing this song, because he's just up there with, an, with a guitar in most of, the, yeah. most of the shows he does. And he's up there and he's playing the guitar and that's it. And he starts singing and then the, they whole, get louder than him, huh? the whole audience sings yeah. and he just sits back and basks in it kind of. But let's listen a little more. Okay, that was my number five, Better Man, which is the perfect position for that song. So <laughs> I'm assuming you're going to do number five, and that's going to be Better Man as well. Is that correct? You can assume, yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, what do you got, number five? Uh, mine's off of ten. Ten? Okay. This one was... At one point, one of my favorite, if not favorite, songs off of the album. Oh, if you do the song, I'll be like, ah. This was Porch. Oh, okay. um, this was always, like I said, always a favorite tune of mine. It has a, that good up-tempo, groovy tune to it. Um, great dynamics and build-ups in the song, uh, especially that instrumental break. Sure. It's one of my favorite parts, too. I just kind of love how unstable Eddie sounds throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and I got to watch this just in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you might want to skip it. <laughs> Until you can leave a message when he's 
so funny the chorus like the first time coming through it's like you're waiting for that release and that explosion it just doesn't come mm-hmm. and you know and then they do like a little slow solo and then it goes back and then the next chorus they just hit it and it's like ah yeah great dynamics and with the screaming <clears throat> and stuff it's almost like a sexual frenzy that comes out later it's mm. just like ah so but anyway <laughs> was that a little bit too graphic or, <laughs> or a little bit a little bit too uh, in the mind of rob that's okay <laughs> oh lordy so uh that's your number five or is that uh, f- number yeah, five that was five so what's your number four if porch is your number five Love that me means we're gonna be spending some time in 10 i'm thinking but we never know Go yeah ahead. well it's likely from here on out it, okay it's my number four i feel like i've done like five in a row okay my number four is um, off of 10, obviously, and it's black. Black. Uh, four? I okay. feel like a lot of these tunes um, are going to be pretty, I don't know. We'll see. I won't give too much away. Uh, it's just an emotional tune, another emotional one. One example of a thing, a feeling I think they don't capture much anymore in their, their recordings, and I think that was kind of maybe Versus was the last time they kind of tapped into this vibe, but... Um, yeah, it's just such. It just feels good. It's a good tune. Um, I love the falsetto gang vocals in the end, and yeah, you gotta love it. Yeah, this is one of the tunes that the songs that he wrote off the tape. It was really called E Ballad. He wrote it on the train, actually, or on the on the flight. He took a flight to Seattle, so he actually wrote this black the, the words to black on his way because he was like super pumped. And Eddie always said the song was about letting go and. It, it's hard and very rare for mm. relationship to. He starts talking about gravitational pull and some other stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's a breakup song. Yeah, and, and he <laughs> says, "I've heard it said you can't have really have true love unless it was a love unrequited." So that sort of thing, sort of hypnotic vocals. It's good. I like it. Mm. And it's not the fourth song. I'm just saying. All right. She certainly is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's black. Are you playing the Redux Brennan O'Brien version again? Oh, I or? think I did. Yeah, mm. yeah. Sorry. Sorry, that's the ones I have on my queue. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. So, the people can listen to the right version later on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure that I put on your playlist. It's going to be the, good, good. the original one. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's funny. Do you know the whole story with David Letterman in the song? He, uh. he, he used to go for almost like three months. He hummed this every show for three months. It was crazy. They interviewed Eddie Vedder about it. And he got so upset, and he said, he kept doing it. It was really freaking annoying me. Although it pissed him off, Dave kept doing it, show after show. He just hummed that tune. Paul, I can't get this. I wonder if this Pearl Jam going to come on the show at all. Oh, really? <laughs> and, and then once, Eddie said he was getting high, and he was in his room, and he was watching Letterman, because he always watches Letterman. <laughs> And uh, Letterman actually inducted them into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so I, yeah. But he said he was watching Letterman, and... He does a. He goes, Paul. Do you know? Can you can you get him on the show? And he goes, I don't know. Blah 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 blah. And then Letterman looks at the screen. He goes, Ed, you need to come on the show. And it's just his face on the screen. Ed's watching it from his bedroom. It's like, holy crap! My TV's talking to me. That's bizarre. But he came on, and there's, an, I'll put a link to it in our in our show. Yeah, show I want notes. to see that. And he came on and surprised him because he goes, dun, 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 dun. and he goes, Paul, can you play a little of that? Dun, 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 dun. And he goes, actually, you know, how does it go? Actually, uh, let's figure out how it goes. I have somebody who can help. Dun, 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 dun. And they start playing it, and he comes in out of nowhere, uh, sings sings just like a couple lines from it, and then leaves. It's like boom, <laughs> and then he tries to find. Him. He's like, he's God, what's going on? That's funny. And he doesn't sit down and talk. He doesn't because they weren't much for that anyway. But it was kind of interesting. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Yeah. So anyway, my number four is also off of ten. It's even flow. Mm-hmm. So great tune, groove from the beginning. Vocal melody just once you make this, makes you want to sing along. I love the tremolo and the chorus he does, and I especially love the yeah after the second chorus. I don't know, it's just below me. This is just one of those songs that a lot of people sing along to that they don't know the words. I'm not gonna. <laughs> this isn't one of those songs that ruins you for it. Just about a homeless guy trying to fit into a regular world. And that's what it's about, even though everybody's just singing along and doing that thing. Every time I hear this song, I just can't help but picture Eddie Vedder doing a, a dive from the balcony onto people. Oh, I know. Wasn't was <laughs> freaking... I, 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 it blew me away. Like, I was watching uh, the original Lollapalooza, 
And here's this guy. They just hire this singer from, you know, from San Diego. Comes up. They're out playing. And this is pretty shortly after they they spent five days recording. They play live on the 6th. And they're already playing, right? Mm. And then this is like the first big gig they get. Like 14, 15 shows in. They get on the Lollapalooza tour. And they go. And here's this guy climbing up 50 foot of scaffolding. Doing like monkey bars 50 feet in the air across and it's insane and then he goes to the edge of the scaffolding and dives into the jumps, jumps like it's amazing 50 he's feet alive down, and number one it's, it's amazing the people landed on weren't hurt <laughs> but i was like oh my gosh the guy's nuts yeah and imagine being there and see like your your singer do that and you're like this is yeah, like we, we just we, hired we a whole career this is great we just it's the best singer we've found ever and he's a psychopath. Yeah, he needs to dial it down a bit. <laughs> but oh, it's just amazing. And anyway, let's listen to Even Flow. Okay, that's my number four. Even flow. Uh, it's kind of interesting. They played this song so often that mm. there were people who hold hold up signs at concerts as no even flow. <laughs> and it's their stairway to heaven. Huh? Yeah, and when they saw that, he said, "I see that sign, no even flow," and he played like an extended version of it. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Screw you! I'm gonna play all of it, <laughs> and I'm gonna play another five minutes of it." Yeah. I'll teach you. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Matt Cameron is this is one of his favorite songs to play, even though he says he plays it so often. But he plays it too fast, I think. Yeah. If you listen to some of the live stuff, it's a little rushed. I think he loses that kind of feel that Dave Abrazesi had. That's just my uh, input uh, there. We can't say uh, who's the guy that uh, Jake likes best. <laughs> he of all the drummers, he likes the drummers. He's I love like... Matt Cameron too. In Soundgarden, he is the perfect drummer. But Pearl Jam, I it just I've never really uh, accepted that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny when you said that. I know you can't see this, but this is pretty interesting. When he said that, his nose went up in the air just a little bit. <laughs> and the pinky. <laughs> and his pinky went up. And yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, that was even flow. Uh, that was my number four. You mm-hmm. did four already. So that means I'm on three, right? Yeah. Yeah. So three is a song you played way too early before. <laughs> off of the single soundtrack. It's State of Love and Trust. Hmm. Uh, I just love this tune. As I said, that soundtrack was Seattle. It was Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Paul Westerberg, Screaming Trees, Mud Honey, Smashing Pumpkins, Heart, Mother Love Bone. Heart was in there too. Well, they were the Love Mongers. It was just Anne and Nancy Wilson. Oh, in the movie, yeah. No, and the, they do. Uh, oh, they, oh, they cover oh, that Zeppelin oh, song. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's right. Ah, oh, yeah, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. But yeah, it's at the time you're just listening to it. Oh, I know this song. This right. Song. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a great. And Cornell sings soundtrack. his own song on there. Too. Oh yeah, he has some great solo songs in there. Yeah, oh my fantastic. god, so good. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, let's get back to Pearl Jam. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> the, the ending solo just sticks in my memory. Uh, gritty vocal performance. I love it when it like pulls back at like a minute and like minute forty, minute forty five, something like that. The song is so melodic and impactful, and then it just comes really energetic at the back end. And the background vocals, if you really listen to the verse, just really are, are awesome. So. Uh, I will play uh, the State of Love and Trust, and we'll play the original singles version, so for Jake here. (laughs) Okay, that's State of Love and Trust, my number three. Good tune. Jake, what do you got? Oh, if you guys ever have a chance, there's a documentary called 20. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, for Pearl Jam. And they talk about the State 11 Trust song when they had to play it at the single's release. And it was their one day off in touring. And they filled it with this you know, movie release party that they didn't want to play at all. <laughs> and they got lit. They got completely lit. Vetter drank. He said he drank like two bottles of wine beforehand. They were hitting tequila. <laughs> and he was cursing. He's like, FMTV, F1 oh, guys. You know, he's going off on corporate America. 
in a movie premiere, right? Can you put a link and, to this also? And, and then he's like yelling at him to turn up the volume, turn up the volume. He's yelling at the light person. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm wondering why the light's getting so bright by me. And then he rips the wall down in between him and the light person. And, and it's just this complete disaster. Oh, great. It, it's really cool. I love it. Yeah. And I think they talked about it in 20, but it's also, you can find it online. I don't remember that, but yeah. You can find it online. It could have been another thing that I watched, but I thought it was 20. We'll put a link to it. Yeah, I will put a link to his complete meltdown. It's fantastic. <laughs> anyway, let's go to number three for Jake. Oh, my number three. Okay. You're going to put my number one there, I'm sure. We are uh, off of ten still, of course. Um, it's going to be pretty predictable from now on. But my number three is Alive. <laughs> I don't want to hear any sighs from you over there. Um, come on. It's, no, it's no, no, I'm such an iconic guitar riff. Everyone knows it. It's. I think it's right up there with Jeremy in, as far as... Um, you know those those uh well this is the first time this is the first demo he wrote this is the first yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it was dollar short and it's yeah it called dollar short but it's got the uh it's kind of a stadium rock chorus everyone knows it yeah it just builds on itself gets more and more intense and i think it's kind of interesting too it's like people think of it as a positive tune but it's more of like a, the burden to still be alive and and all that that comes with it and he has his own story with the the lyrics and everything but won't get into all that but yeah it's, it's killer tune it's like you know you need to have this in your your top list of one of the things chains. that i thought was really cool that they did is this was the first video they put out for a lot and they actually used the live audio from the mm -hmm. show they didn't use the track from the because he's like how can you possibly link it it's so fake and i don't want to be fake i just want to use real so we actually use live footage from yeah. the show i think it was even flow too they did that as well with that, okay. that live i wouldn't wouldn't shock me uh -huh. yeah and it sounds great. Oh, it's amazing. And yeah, it's a, this whole story is, is, is a Eddie Vedder's backstory, right? You know, when he finds out his yeah, father his is really a stepdad and his real father is just about to die. And he goes to his father and he dies like a month later or whatever. That's what it's about. And sometimes alive, he says daddy in the lyrics, but he, he says father. And it makes it more pronounced because it doesn't sound right. So you hear it, and you can hear more what it's about sometimes live when he plays it, if you see some bootlegs or whatever. That said, let's play the original Alive for Jake. He doesn't want to hear the Brendan O'Brien version. <laughs> okay, that's Alive. That's Jake's number three. You got close to the right number on that, but not quite. Okay. Jake, what do you have as your number two? Uh, my number two, uh, I think you already did this one, Even Flow. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of these, at once you start at this getting point, to the yeah. top four, yeah. they're quite interesting. It's pretty obvious what are like the, the Shining songs. But um, I really love the, the guitars kind of play around each other with this one. There's some wah in there. The chorus is just so good. Um, but really what's, I always thought was really cool and special is that bridge jam section where it kind of drops down and, and gets cool. And that's, uh, kind of where you, you see Eddie jump off that, the balcony onto the people, but yeah, good tension in here. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Uh, I'm going to try to find it for you. Okay, that's Jake's number two, Even Flow. That's a good job, Jake. And my number two is once we get, we're getting into 10 land. And uh, <laughs> my number two is Jake's number four, I think, or five. Uh, I couldn't remember. It's black. Black. Yep. I just love it. The piano is kind of great in the chorus. I didn't mention that before. There's just a ton of goodness in this song. So uh, it's pretty much a tale of lost love. And it's one of the biggest emotional moments on 10. It's, it's when I first heard it, I remember hearing the emotion in it and just the raw emotion of this song and the way that the lyrics are delivered much unlike any i've ever heard it's almost like poetry over it but he's done so well and ah it's just so good so anyway uh let's hear black we heard it before so let me take it from the middle somewhere uh, let's hear some piano
Okay, that's my number two, Black. And the cool thing is right now, I can go and uh, talk about the number one song. <laughs> I have it already, but uh, the only downside about me having the song already <laughs> is that it was already said. Uh, my number one is Alive. I, I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. The demo. This for almost the, was my number one. Yeah, I was, I was. It was. It was black and alive. We're jumping for me back and forth. But uh, a bunch of the songs were moving around. But one of the cool things is they they originally did the demo for this, right? Mm. That was sent to them, and they couldn't get that emotion. They couldn't get that feel from when they were in the studio. So they actually used the d- demo. Yeah. At, in the mix. Because like we couldn't get this, yeah, we couldn't capture that, that again. Yeah. So they actually used the original demo in the mix, which was kind of cool. That the "I'm Still Alive" is he considered his curse. This is Eddie considered his curse because yeah. uh, of the soul father thing. And you know, chorus is amazing. The riff, the solo, would just like rolls to a manic ending. Oh, this is like the weird thing, and this is my geek moment, and this is what you're gonna laugh at me about. <laughs> Good, okay, because that Bring this happens sometimes. This song, I oh, I was reading when I heard this song. I was reading a book called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There's a character in a Fort Perfect who always kept dying, almost dying, and caught, and he's still alive. And it, it matched very well with the song. <laughs> so I was reading it. And uh, it's a really good book if you want to read it. It's a trilogy of books. But it's kind of goofy. It's kind of out there. A little sci-fi-ish. But it's kind of geeky. That's what I was listening to that when I heard it. That was soundtrack to uh, the book. To, yeah. Was, <laughs> the, alive was, you're still alive. You said, of course there is. You know, it's he kept almost dying through the whole thing. And they magically saved every step along the way from <laughs> earth blowing up to everything. It's just, it's fantastic. Uh, but anyway, that was my little goofy sidebar into the mind of me. So I can geek out a little bit too. So let's go to Alive. I wasn't like sleeping under my covers to it, but... <laughs> I wasn't under the covers. <laughs> you were under the covers. I, didn't, I was hot. I was listening to it and playing it. I was I, hugging the stereo. It kept the demons <laughs> away. <laughs> Little Jakey, it'll keep the demons away. It will. It will. Lord. <laughs> and I'm like, ha yeah, it'll keep the demons away. Don't mind me. I'm just reading my, my sci-fi book. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'll, I'll take some of that heat too. Anyway, uh, let's let's listen a little live. Okay, that's my number one song, Alive. That's a good example of how they're more of a classic rock representation of the whole grunge movement. The less heavy version, but it was just so good. Yeah, and then they yeah. got progressively more like punk garage band type thing. But yeah, yeah, they do. There was a couple of songs that I that they have later on that sounded a little bit like Nirvana almost. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking like Riot Act, and, and once you start hitting that stuff, and No Code mm-hmm. to some degree, things. And Porch is kind of that sort of straightforward rocker. I mean, they have the, yeah, they have, a little they more tempo. They had that stuff or like already. Spin the Black Circle was pretty punk rock too, off yeah. of Vitology. But yeah, it was. You could I like that song quite a bit. I Me mean, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to make the top twelve, but it was. It, one it of was my in my top twenty, I think. You know, it's sort of a song. It's like Spin the Black Circle. What does that mean? It's all about the vinyl. That's the record, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty interesting. Let's let's all bow down to Jacob Newkirk. The number, number one. one. Yeah. Let's see what it is. Well, I wrong. Always, I always say with Pearl Jam. <laughs> 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 That I wish they stayed 10 forever uh, no. um, and then became a lo-fi garage rock band. But if you haven't noticed, uh, my top three at least are in actually sequential order from when you hit play off of that first album. So my number one is Once, and I think it really is introduces really? the band. It really? establishes, it, really? it just establishes who they, who they are. You hear oh. that like angst in his vocal right off the bat where you're just like, that. that is what piques your attention, gets your... your uh, I think you just like the master slave first 30 seconds of no, the that's, song. Yeah, you can burn through that. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's an important intro because you're kind of like, oh, what is this? Yeah, this, it supposedly tells the, this is what Eddie says, right? It tells the descent of a man into madness, which leads him to becoming a, ser- a serial killer. Mm-hmm. So that's what the song's about. So 
And when you're humming along to us, you're singing the, about serial killers. Well, yeah. Just so you know that. Okay. Most Pearl Jam songs are <laughs> yeah, darker really than bad. you feel they should be. This was one of the original tracks, too. It was uh, Yeah, the was demos. Yeah. <clears throat> Egyptian Cave or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, let's listen to Once. Really, this is your first introduction to Pearl Jam. It should imprint you deeply on your heart. It's interesting. Like During the bridge, Eddie talks very like low, and it's yeah. hard to really pick up. He does it a lot. He says, <laughs> you think I've got my eyes closed, but I'm looking uh-huh. at you the whole effing time. Yeah. And that's what he says. There's another the song, too, that I heard um, some of the stuff in the background that was yeah. called out. I was like, oh, I didn't ever, ever hear yeah, that. Yeah, I had no idea either. But mm. then you listen to it and you can't unhear it. Yep. So let's listen to once. Jake's number one. That growl. Okay. That's uh, Jake's mm-hmm. number one. Hey, and we went through it. That was really, it, it seems like quick, but I'm looking at the timer and it's not really that quick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's good to have you back, my friend. And, good uh, to be back. Yeah, and let's go <laughs> and uh, step back a second. Tell me, what do you think of the beer? That was good stuff. Um, like I said, I'm always a fan of Oscar Blues Brewery. Check them out. Is yeah. that a California brewery? No, Colorado. Colorado, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, good stuff. You can't go wrong. And it's 7.2% uh, yeah, alcohol by volume on this one. There's so. a good Pilsner, too, that's called Mama's Little Yellow Pills. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it, it was good tasty. I always love, uh, I'm a hazy IPA guy. So, oh, good. So generally, I like hazy yeah. IPAs. Cano um, Bliss. And yeah, it was, it was tasty. Mm-hmm. It, was, uh, it was good. I finished all three of mine. So mm-hmm. that's all good. And let the computer do the do. Do the do that the computer do. <laughs> the algorithm. <laughs> the algorithm dudes. commences. And uh, the good thing is I know once is not going to be number one because I don't have it on my list. So huh? there you go. So there we go. You don't even have it on yours. I do not. Oh. Yeah. You know, it's, as I said, there's, there's a good 30 songs that yeah. you, can, you can put into the 12 somehow and uh, kind of get. So anyway, let's listen to see what the actual number one through 15 or 12. Through 12. <laughs> Let's do, we're doing the top 15 this yeah, week. Wait, Screw what? it. Screw it. <laughs> and let's just wait a second to see what the top 12 songs are. Coming up right in 5, 4, 3, <laughs> 2, one. 1. The official Dirty Dozen Top 12. Uh, top Dozen. Official Dirty Dozen. Dirty Dozen, right? Uh, of Pearl Jam. Let's start with... <laughs> Well, we'll start with number 12, Glorified G. Okay. Number 11, Oceans. Mm. Uh, number 10, Daughter. Number 9, Go. Number 8, Jeremy. Number 7, Porch. Number 6, Better Man. Number mm. 5, Once. Mm. Number 4, State of Love and Trust. Number 3, Even Flow. Number 2, Black. And number 1. The best song ever by Pearl Jam is Alive. All right, I can get behind that. Yeah. That was almost my number one. So. Yeah, I, it's, it's, as I said, some of that can kind of roll, but I'm glad that it worked out that way. All yeah, right. Thanks to math. So there we are. <laughs> Thank you, math. I really appreciate your tits. I don't know. I was just understanding that the math and the ones and the twos and the twos and the ones, and if you don't have something on my list and I have something on your list, they're going to go wacky, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> oh, you know what I miss? I miss having the, the we'll try it before this, because it would be much crazier all the way through. <laughs> uh, yeah, that needs to happen. Yes, I know. <clears throat> all right. Um, thank you for being a part of what we do. Uh, we truly appreciate you being here, and I hope you have opinions on Pearl Jam, and maybe there's a song that you love that we didn't come up with, and you said... How could you miss blah, 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 pick a song? I'm going to say, hey, Rob, what the heck? That's the best song ever by Pearl Jam. I really like it. And let's talk and see what's going on. If you have a beard you'd like us to try, uh, we've only had really one request, and that was for California Cream and by Alex That was Hannon, it? Along the way, I think for, for beer for us to do for the mm. show. We've had pick requ- it up, people. We've had requests for the we'll try it thing, but we haven't had requests for beer. So please... Tell me what beers you guys like. And don't tell me Budweiser. Come up with something good, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, 
so next week, well, in two weeks, in two weeks, we are going to be doing something different. Since we're doing grunge and we've done some 80s rock, and let's change it up just a skosh and mm. do some, uh, I don't know if it's called industrial. Industrial but, alternative. Yeah, uh, industrial alternative. Mm. Uh, Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. That's what's coming in two weeks. Yeah. It's going to be high school all over again. <laughs> well, there you go. Bow down before the one you're serving. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, thank you again for being a part of what we do. God bless, and I'll see you in two weeks.